All right, making his Rich Keefe Show debut here on WEEI is the one and only Rob Bradford. He, the Let's host go. of the Bradfo Show, as well as the Baseball Isn't Boring podcast. Bradfo, mm. how are you? I'm great. I, I apologize for being late, uh, but I was living that podcast life you mm-hmm. know so well. It's a grind. Uh, I was trying to get Daniel Bard, Team USA closer, to actually sing the national anthem for me to get him ready for the WBC. Did it work? So, uh, he knew how to do the Pledge of Allegiance, he said. That's not bad. I said, if, that's, if you're in fifth grade, good yeah. for you. It's huge. <laughs> it's huge. It's much like math. It prepares yeah. us for life, doesn't you gotta, it? you got to have it. You stand up, you do the pledge, you sit down, morning announcements, and you're off and running. Uh, so, obviously, the Trevor Story news breaks today, and I think the first question that everybody had, and he got UCL surgery, and there's no real timetable on his return, but the knee-jerk question was, why now? Why did it wait till January to get the surgery? Well, they said, Ian Bloom said that there, you know something happened recently that made him have to take these measures. Uh, now, I would say this is that he had issues before he signed with the Red Sox. They knew that. Um, he told me in a podcast in September that it was pretty painful in May. So this was something that was happening in early in the season. At that point, he said he felt like he had managed it. He had sort of this routine that he was managing it. That it was better than ever. It wasn't a problem. But he was really, really happy because he admitted back then, this is in September, he said that he was worried at the beginning of last year. And, Rich, it, Rich I, I go back, like, I heard – you know, things to say, this guy's going to have to have Tommy John. This guy's going to have to Tom- have Tommy John. But just because I hear it doesn't mean he's going to have to have Tommy John. Mm-hmm. That's that's why I actually went to him in September because I don't think a lot of people were sort of revisiting this thing that was a, a topic of conversation when he signed. So right. um, so that's why I asked him, and, and he gave me what I thought was a pretty descriptive answer. And I, and I do probably believe that he thought he was, had it under control, it was manageable, but obviously it took a turn for the worse. Yeah, and I know, uh, kind of piggybacking off what you said, uh, Buster Olney tweeted today, too, about you know there were teams that passed on Trevor Story, specifically last year in free agency, because they thought he was going to need that elbow surgery at one point. So it certainly wasn't this great secret. So how does Trevor Story pass his physical, and yet Carlos Correa fails his three times? <laughs> well, you know, but let's put this in context. Carlos Correa, even after failing two physicals, yeah. got a better contract than Trevor Story. No, so, that, is, that is true. But, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because I, I see a lot of these times where you have this. What Really what should have happened, I think, is that what probably happened with Correa and what we've seen happen with J.D. Martinez, Mike Napoli, going back with J.D. Drew. With the Red Sox, you probably should have looked at it and said, we're going to adjust this contract. That, and there has to be some sort of thing built into it, much like, remember, John Lackey. John yes. Lackey. Oh, yeah, you got a free re- year out of him. You got, yeah, <laughs> you, got, you, you paid for the major league minimum. Yeah, and so, true. I, a lot of times, if, to me, it's very rare when you have these things, like the Korea and all the players I mentioned, that it actually like crops up. I don't know if you know this, J.D. Martinez never lost time to the Liz Frank uh, foot injury. Uh-huh, right. Uh, or, and Mike Napoli, you know, he didn't have problems with whatever his problem was. And so and, and the ultimate one, Rich, the ultimate one all time, was when the Red Sox had an agreement with Jason Bay in 2009 – Blew it up 
at the last minute because they said he needed knee surgery, and he didn't even have any problems with his knee. If he didn't hurt, he had no problems with his knee, but they said, sorry, we're taking this off the table. You have to have knee surgery. And obviously, like, he never had – he had other problems, but yeah. he never had problems with the knee. So I, I to come back to your question, like, I just think that – in hindsight, you should have probably put something in there that, hey, right. you know what, this is concerned, and you got to adjust to it. And again, not to dwell on it, but it does feel like the whole signing story, while you still have Bogarts on the team and kind of forcing Bogarts out and leaving the story, it looks even worse now. Because you're right, you're like you and like other people had, had highlighted the elbow injury, but you're like, all right, like let's see what happens. Well. Now here he is hmm. after a season where he played just over half the games anyway, and now he like. He'd be lucky to play half the games this year is what it sounds like. And he could have just had Bogarts. And then, by the way, they know that he has an elbow problem, and yet they still give him $140 million, and then they turn around and offer Bogarts 90 It just, the whole yeah, thing seems, well, it doesn't really yeah, add up. It's a, it's, a, it's a bad look, and I think that, you know, off of today, one of the things that Bloom talked about was how much Trevor Story wanted to play shortstop. Yeah, you know, right. and, you know, and this is like that, that he was putting the full court press on them to play shortstop. So what does that tell you? What that tells me is, you know, this was the to me, like the Trevor Story deal was the ultimate sort of we're paying for the player, but then we're paying more for the fail safe for Bogart uh-huh. and that he's going to be the next in line. So if you have a guy, like they can say whatever they want in spring training, but I think they didn't Trevor Story come on our radio station and say, for now. Yeah, for now. Yes, they can say for now. Right. So, so it's, you know, so when you have a guy like that saying, basically eyeing the shortstop position, (laughs) it just makes the whole Bogarts thing to me so baffling. It does. Because it's the, the plan A thing. It's like you, if they didn't say the plan A thing, I would have been say they just it's the fine. You know, you were saying we were doing due diligence. We like Bogarts, blah 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 blah. But you said he was plan A, and he was never plan A because you know why? Oh no, no, no. now I know that. Yeah, because Trevor Story really wanted to play shortstop, and and certainly gave the inclination. That you were sort of hinting that hey maybe you'll get a chance to play shortstop. Yeah, it's one of the rare situations where the team signs the replacement a year early and has yeah. them play together, right? At a like, all right, you're gonna move positions for a year and then you're gonna be right back. I don't up think there. I don't think that Bogarts didn't know this. Of course, right? Of course I mean, he did. But that's also why you know he's not gonna sit there and take ninety million bucks and, and come back. What if he did take that, by the way? Would they have just <laughs> stay story or play at second base? Sorry about that. I know we give you a little wink agreement that you'd move over, but Bogarts is here. Yeah, and it's it, it just I remember talking to Bogarts about this. You know, I guess I can say this now. Like we we're talking we did the podcast in April and then we were talking about it after, you know, just sort of like on the side. And I think everyone knew the deal. I mean, Bogarts, you know, he was clearly frustrated at that point. He, he's a good teammate. He's putting the good, his best foot forward. He's being like everything that you would want in regards to Trevor's story, taking these car rides with him and spring training and all of that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you knew, you knew that a big reason why they signed Trevor's story was so that they could offer Xander Bogarts $90 million. Yeah, it's bizarre, and it's been a, a tough three, four years for Heim Bloom, and now you can add this one. Uh, it was already on there to begin with, but now there's sort of another chapter as it relates to Trevor's story. So the latest on story, uh, UCL surgery on his elbow, 
Uh, it's never good when you're putting a brace in there. Right? No. I mean, oh, God. Yeah, but that, I, I, I'll good. say this, though. I'll say this. The I immediately knew what this was because a uh, friend of the podcast, Rich Hill, had this done a couple of years ago. Did he really? This exact thing. But it, it's, so, it's so weird because back then it was, I don't want to say it was experimental, but it certainly wasn't done a lot. How much now, time did he miss? So that's a great question. He he came back in June, early June, but there's other guys. Wait, so um, wait, when did he get it done? He got it done in the off season. Okay, so uh, yeah, so, so at best six months, maybe eight months. But he's well, also a no, pitcher. No, yeah, um, I'm drawing a blank of oh man, uh, but there was an outfielder who had it in in in, in Rick and Keel. No. no. Outfielder slash pitcher. Preston uh, Wilson. Let's just name uh, outfielders. Candy uh, Maldonado. No, no. He played. Uh, he was, yeah, man. Now, now you're, you're sorry, driving me, sorry, you're, you're driving me yeah. further from remembering his <laughs> yeah, name. Yeah, now you have no chance. If, 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 if you just, if you're you go, obviously thinking of Rusty Greer. If, <laughs> if, you're, if you want to go back and look at the story I wrote today, yeah. his name's in there somewhere, but oh, I don't remember. I've, I've coached a high school basketball team between that and that writing that. Sounds like you were it, yelling at that team well, it sounds like it's uh, it's either that or smoking a pack of cigarettes who knows <laughs> um but, but uh Fair. but so there were these there's was it brandon drury maybe it's brandon, brandon drury. drury outfielder yeah, sure. Brandon drury. Like, sure we'll go with brandon drury that's because he's a chris drury great hockey player it was not chris yeah. drury. and a little league world series participant uh it was not and it was not chris greer also a no. hockey player no um but brandon drury or i think Pam it was greer the actress <laughs> Too much. All right. Now, All right we're now, reeling it back now, in. Now, I was told nights I can do whatever I want. I, somebody told me that. Immediately. When, now, it's the six degrees of Brandon Drury has taken <laughs> yeah. me to. Yeah. Now I can't even remember the guy's name who was the movie with Pam Greer. The, the, um, Richard Roundtree. The, no, the Tarantino movie. Oh, Samuel L. Jackson. No, the guy with the pl- hair plugs that died. <laughs> that's not how he wants to be remembered. <laughs> oh, I know. So from uh, Jackie Brown, Jackie Brown. Well, that was the name of the movie. I don't, that was the yeah. Name you, of the you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, yeah. it was not him. Who, it's not him who had the brace put in his elbow. <laughs> but uh, but Brandon Drury did, and yeah. it was and uh, for what I understand, it was like a three month thing. Okay. So I think it would be like. <laughs> it seems Robert sort of, Forster. Robert, thank you, Robert Forster. We landed that plane, uh, Ben. Uh, Don't uh, worry also, about it. Also, also great in that movie with George Clooney in Hawaii. Uh, oh yeah, he's <laughs> um, excellent. In that. But uh, but Brendan Drury, like, so if you say three months, so anywhere between three and six months. So, when, but wasn't it I, ominous when Hein Bloom said, yes. uh, we're not ruling out a return in twenty three"? Yeah. I was like, "Good lord!" I think he was playing it safe. All right, I, okay, I guess so. All right, safe. so we'll get into potential replacements. We got a, a whole bunch of questions about that, so we'll ask Brad Foe on, you know, what the middle infield might look like at Rich Keefe show. We have an absolute doozy of a Twitter poll going on right now, Brad Foe. Oh, we can uh, we can. Get into this further uh, a little bit later, but will Bill Belichick win another playoff game? Yes or no? <laughs> what? Uh, where's it stand? What's uh, going on? Two thirds say yes. Oh uh, yeah, well, people are still saying yes, but I think if you really stop and think about it, yeah, it's gonna be I mean, tough. Everybody, the AFC's loaded. I love this. Like I love this conversation about Robert Kraft. In uh, what Belichick said, it's like the it's like what do you see? Do you see the uh, 
you know, do you, what is it? Do you see the dress or what, what do you see the polka dots or do you see the stripes or it's, it's I like I mean, terrible analogy. Yeah, that but, wasn't great. Want to start yeah, over? Well, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember like, oh, it's like Brady walking. Is he Brady walking into the stadium or he's walking out oh, of the right. stadium? Yeah. You know, yep. what, what, what exactly is Bill Belichick saying? Well, was everyone's he, all over the place. Definitely. With it. No, I know. Yeah. So anyway, what, so what do you, what, what do you say? I say no to the Rich Keefe show. Well, th- I'm glad you asked. Uh, I think he only coaches for three more years, and I'm not ruling out more playoff appearances, but I just feel like the way the AFC is set up, the three best teams all have three really young quarterbacks who don't seem like they're going anywhere, so you're probably going to draw the Bills, Bengals, or Chiefs in the playoffs every year, and I don't like their chances. Their best bet is to be the top wild card team and then uh, play the worst division winner, which would be like the Jaguars or the Titans or somebody. That's your, probably your best bet. But okay. I would say no. That was an excellent answer to Thank a you. question that I didn't ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I asked was, "What do you think that he was calling Robert Kraft cheap?" Oh, I thought you were asking me about my great. But no, question. I'm glad you. I, it was like a bonus answer. I do. I, like I, I do think he was calling Robert Kraft cheap, and I think he had that number on the ready, and he was just <laughs> desperately did, trying to get that sure out there. Did. He was he like on twenty seventh. He didn't say like, "Oh, we're at the bottom <laughs> or near the bottom." No, twenty seventh <laughs> in spending. So uh, don't say we spend like crazy. And in fact, we're getting better results based off the money that I'm being allowed to spend. Do Do you think he uh, said to Bursch said, "Hey, yeah. find out where we stand." I mean, oh, he asked he, somebody. Do, yeah. do you think he looked that up? No. Or do you think no. he had someone look it up for him? No, he is definitely at the point of his life where he doesn't have to look up anything, but he's got plenty of people that'll look it up for him. I kind of want to be at that point in my life where just I don't have, have to look, look up anything. Is that what Coop does for you? you kind of. Coop, yeah, <laughs> Coop just doing, doing his research, <laughs> getting ready for you. That's all it is. All right, as it relates to the Red Sox and Trevor's story, the uh, next question I had was, should they have gone after Carlos Correa after he had two contracts voided, $100 plus million off the books, you you already lost out on Bogarts weeks ago, and then now you know Trevor Story could miss maybe even the whole season. Should they have been aggressive after Carlos Correa? Okay, so selfishly, I would say no, because the whole first chapter of the upcoming book, A Damn Near Perfect Game, Carlos Correa gets ripped by Joe Kelly. And I would have to walk in there and distribute books with Carlos Correa getting ripped. Okay, so there you go. Uh, selfishly, I would say no. Yeah, I'm glad you're going to take yourself out of the question. You like you like yeah. that? How uh-huh. I did a little bit of book promotion there? <laughs> That's um, good. But, but uh, I would say, yeah, they should have. They should have. Because, I mean, when you're talking about the money that it landed at, for the player that you're talking about, which coming in to to this year, everyone thought he was going to make a lot more money than Bogarts. Then, like if if he falls to that level, unless his ankle is going to fall off of his body, then yeah, I think that you have to put your best foot forward. But this is where I stand on this, Rich. I think that the Devers thing was an outlier. The Devers thing was ownership coming in and doing what ownership had done so many years during their tenure, which mm-hmm. is we're going to we're going to will this to happen by our mere power of spending. And and we know it's important. We know we've been painting into a corner. We know that we have to get it done. The price isn't going down. It means too much to the business. Go get it done, Heim. Mm-hmm. Everything else, I think that we're going to see the same old stuff. We're going to see them fall short on guys. They're going to have th- prices at their terms. Um, I, I think that the, the Devers thing was just an aberration. So how much uh, power does Bloom actually have? I think he has a lot of power. Okay. But, I think, but here's the thing. It's two different conversations. 
if if ownership wants to get something like they did with Devers and like they have in the past, they get them. And 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 there's no GM in the world that isn't going to be say, hey, "Oh, you're going to give me the money?" Oh, no, no, no. I don't want to spend it. Yeah. No, no, no. So, but I like, think, what about with like Bogarts and Jose think, Abreu? Let's say, which no, would have been think, decent I, contracts, but not crazy. I, I think, that's Heim Bloom didn't want that's those Heim guys. Bloom, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think that I think that basically they did well, how they've approached Heim Bloom is the same that they've approached Dave Dombrowski. Remember, going back, Rich, is that you had before Dombrowski, you had this convoluted way of of constructing deals. Mm-hmm. Where who who signed the deal? Who was it? Lucino? Yeah. Was it Henry? Was it Werner? Was it Sherrington? And then you get Dombrowski in. And it was defined. That is the guy who was going to make the player acquisitions. And then they let him do that until they didn't like the way that he was doing it. <laughs> right. And they fired him. Yeah. And I think that with Bloom, they said the same thing. We're going to allow you to do what you you the way that you think we you think that it's going to be get, should get done. So that's my sense too. Yeah. But would you say that? John Henry thinks Heim Bloom's doing a better job than the fans do, or do you think he's looking at it like, well, we just came in last place and we missed the playoffs, so I kind of feel the way some of these fans No, I, I think right now, he, the first thing you said, I think that he probably envisions it and say, hey, listen, you know, this is, this is you, when people looked at the Tampa roster all those years, they probably said, oh, that's a stinky team, mm. and they won more games than the Red Sox over, you know, the 10 years or whatever it was. Right. So... I think that that's the benefit of the doubt that Hein Bloom gets from ownership. That he's saying, I know that we were finished last. I know that it hasn't worked out exactly as we had hoped, but you're going to have to trust this plan because it worked before. Now, we if they miss the he, playoffs, is he done? I mean, it doesn't help. I was going to say, <laughs> it's, it's three out of four years without making the playoffs, and some of the really good players that you had. And what's kind of damning I guess on both sides for Heim Bloom is a couple of the players that a lot of fans myself included wish they had last year he acquired and got rid of or either you know oh, like, like Schwarber he, he, like well Schwarber he didn't resign and then Hunter Renfro again not a great player but pretty no, productive that, he no, like but 30 that, and but, 90 like I'll take I mean, it that was that was that was a bad move I mean yeah. I don't think there's any question about it where you said we're gonna get better in the outfield and we're gonna get a prospect and it, it, it yeah this no. it, it's piling up a little bit too much and so we're if we look at if we just say okay we're gonna give Hein Bloom a do-over here it is this is your chance Hein Bloom Show us that what you're doing is the right thing to do, which is fine because there's still an off season to, to be had, and yeah. and we've seen strange things happen in 2013, so forth and so on. But but they've put so much egg, so many of the eggs in the basket of these guys coming up. Yeah, these guys, the Tristan Cassis's of the world, the Brian Bayo, the Sedan Raffaellas, uh, and oh, the big one, you got to trust us, Marcelo Myers coming mm-hmm. up. And if those guys, Rich, don't work out then that's when you're really, really in trouble because right. you did not allocate money because these guys were coming up. So we got a bunch of texts about Marcelo Meyer. Any chance? I know it originally it was like 2024 or later, but because you don't have a middle infield, is there any chance at all we see him this year in the majors? No, there's, there's a couple examples where you guys who were drafted high, shortstops who were drafted high that you can look at and say that was their timeline. Bobby Witt Jr. is one of them. Mm-hmm. And so so basically what I'm saying is that 2024, I think, is the earliest you'll see this guy. Okay, Bobby Witt Jr. 
if you go that route, you're going to see him at the beginning of 2024. Corey Seager, another high-drafted shortstop. Yep. You're talking more along the lines of August 2024. Okay. Yeah, that's that was sort of my gut, too. But it's like, all right, this is... But he hit a home run off Nathan Evaldi <laughs> in an in-squad game. Put him out there. Uh, Jose Iglesias. Uh, ben ben was is, looking at the free agent list. This is what available. we've come to, huh? This I mean, honestly, like, what's what's your starting middle infield right now if, you're the, if the Red Sox had to play a game? Kike Hernandez and Christian Arroyo. Yeah, that's what we came up with too. But then who's playing center field? <laughs> <laughs> well, so you have Verdugo and Yoshida in the out on the corners. Then I guess Ref Snyder would have to play it, or Jaron Duran. Good lord. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Good Lord. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, uh, That's yeah, what you got. I, I mean, they're, they're going to get – they've they put the – this Trevor Story thing have put them in the position where it's not really negotiable. Right. You have to do something. And whether it's – there's all the out, there's no outfielders in the free agent market left that it's going to get anybody excited. No. And, and infielder, you just mentioned Jose Glaeus, Glacius, Elvis Andrews is another one. Ooh. Profar maybe, like throw him in second. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, but but it's it's like none of this is gonna put. Okay, you know, I got the Profar ticket. You know, this is <laughs> well for a couple of years. If you were in a dynasty fantasy league, you wanted <laughs> well, Jerks and Profar. Well, that I much. Mean, th- there you go. The, the same thing with Elvis Andrews. Oh right? yeah, yeah, good yeah, prospect. Yeah, like, oh, <laughs> let me tell you, he flat. He, he might have squeezed out an all star, right? Andrews? Oh, no, he was good. A couple all-stars. Yeah, I bet yeah. he had a couple all-stars. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's look that up. I mean, potentially he was on a Hall, Hall of Fame track let's until get, he wasn't. Let's get Coop to look that up for us yeah, to see yeah. how Andrews did. Let's get Coop is going to make an Instagram <laughs> for you. All right, uh, let's, go to, let's go to the phones. We've got Matt in Walpole. He's got a question uh, about the Red Sox. Matt, what do you got? What's going on? Well, yeah, with, what happened with uh, Trevor's story today, I was starting to think about uh, how the Red Sox have been talking to Miami, and I was thinking, do you think that there's any chance that we can come away with a, a Cabrera and a Rojas or a, or a uh, Pablo Lopez and a Jazz Chisholm, maybe? Because I'll tell you, I saw what Arizona got for Dalton Varsho, and I was like, oh, boy, because the trade market seems like it's going to cost a king's ransom for, like, anyone that's young. And it, it looks it looks nuts. But that's kind of what I think is our only hope is to knock on Miami's door a little harder. All right, well, good question, Matt. Yeah, and so Matt, I, I would. This is the problem with the Red Sox. I just mentioned that they're putting all the eggs in the basket. Of these guys that are coming up. All the guys that I mentioned, those are the guys that you would trade for. You would need to trade for the names that you mentioned, right? Yeah, and and I don't think I, I think that they, the way they view it is no, we can't trade. Casas mm-hmm. and Bayo and these guys because these are the guys that are con- going to control our payroll. This is the next wave of guys that we have to hang on to. We can't trade them. And this is another thing, Rich, is that Heim Bloom has, still hasn't shown that he's going to be on the other side of the Dabrowski trades. In other words, no, he's no, gonna no. Be, he's going to be the guy getting the fr- five prospects back right. for the one guy yeah. instead of the other way around. Yeah, the be- the most he gave up would be whoever he gave up for Schwarber, I guess. Right, and those weren't even high guys. But everybody, everything else, it seemed like they were getting the prospect back, and maybe uh, they would flip major leaguers. They've never given up in their time here. No, I mean, no, nothing. T- no, they, it's, I mean they 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 hit the sweet spot with Workman and Hambry for Pavetta yep. and Seabold. But you know, even the guys when they got the guys Schwarber at a bargain basement deal because he was hurt. 
Right. I mean, remember, he didn't play for three weeks. No, he didn't. And, well, and so, and, and so, you know, and so, and you got these other guys. You, you haven't given up anybody of significance because, and that's that's not a surprise because mm-hmm. you because these are the guys that they're clutching to. So that's why every time we make these trade proposals, I'm like, okay, yeah, well, they're not, not giving them up.